0: Uh, The title of my message tonight, for all of those taking notes and who want to enter heaven, hopefully you can see my smile, that's a joke, Um, is this, get out. Get out. And if you want like a, a little subtitle, a little teaser, there's a bigger picture to see. There's a bigger picture to see. Let me read some verses from 1 Kings 19, story about a guy... A prophet called Elijah. I'm going to read uh, verses 9 to 13 uh, of 1 Kings 19. It says this, There Elijah went into a cave and spent the night. And the word of the Lord came to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, broken down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. The Lord said, go out, get out, and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, there was an earthquake but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Then a voice said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? I don't know um, if like me, you have a little bit of what's known as claustrophobia you're a little bit afraid of like tight spaces like you're really afraid something maybe you can relate to is pylons where basically you're on the bottom and a bunch of your mates absolutely like jump on you like I have like serious panic moment like there have been a few moments playing football and uh, I've scored like a last minute goal not bigging myself up but I've done it a few times and I scored a last-minute goal, and I know what's coming. And I really want to celebrate so much. But I know I've got to try and stay on my feet, because if I go to ground, that's it. I'm underneath 10 blokes piling on me, and like I'm going to panic like mad, because I like feel trapped and out of control. Anyone with me? Uh, may, maybe like that. that. Leading from that, I think as a kid, I was really afraid of lifts or elevators, And um, I remember once being on holiday, I can't remember where it was, maybe mom and dad can uh, say where it was, but we were in a lift and it stopped and it was like the rickety old lift that was crazy and it kind of stopped midway and I just have this real horrible like memory of it, like I never want to do that. Problem was is we used to do church Sunday night at a place in Chesterfield called the Winding Wheel, which is like a um, it's a it's a big venue that we're able to use, the biggest venue in Chesterfield actually, and um, we used to have to take things up a service lift. And let me tell you, that service lift was temperamental. I offered to take things up the stairs every single Sunday because I did not want to get in the lift. It's interesting, actually, I I don't mind getting in lifts now, but Zion, my seven-year-old son, is afraid of lifts. He never wants to take the lift. He always wants to go up the stairs. He's afraid of lifts. And, And it got me thinking how we can become so fearful of being trapped and confined and out of control. We can live our lives confined. We can live our lives trapped. Even in this moment, we see Elijah is in a cave. He's trapped in a cave. Not that he can't physically get out, but he's trapped in this cave. He's entered this cave because of actually the way he's began to think. His life has become confined. It's become restricted. And his thinking has gone from this big picture thinking to small thinking. Like small thinking will have us confined and trapped and feeling like we're in a cave and we can't see anything. It actually tells us that he enters the cave at night, so it's like fully dark. I don't know if you've ever been in a cave, but pretty much the further you get into a cave, and if you get into a cave at night, you cannot see anything. Like, you put your hand in front of your face, you cannot see anything. And it just got me thinking that in life, so many times, we cannot see the bigger picture Because we've become confined. We can't see beyond what is in front of our face. We can't see what's gone beyond. We can't see what God's doing because we're so confined in our thinking and in the way of our living. We only begin to see right in front. Let me say, I've been there. Like our circumstances, what's going wrong, we can become consumed with self with my life and what's happening with my life. And like I said, I've been there, even in the midst of lockdown at times, even in the midst of living in a bubble, living in this moment, we can become so consumed with self. Um, I have a great trait that has been passed down from uh, one generation to the next, from my father to me, and it's called an internal processor, which basically means if there's an issue, we're not gonna talk about it, we're going to solve it. And which means that, like, we live like confined in this moment. I'm out in my dad here. And um, hopefully he'll forgive me. Uh, but, like, this internal processing at times can make you feel lonely. Like, you can even be in the greatest marriage. Shout out to my wife, Debbie. It was her birthday this week. She's got to that moment where you can't mention her age. Oh, boy. But even in the greatest marriage, you can feel lonely. Even living with the greatest parents, you can feel lonely. Even though you've got thousands of people, I'll get it out, on social media, at a touch of a screen, you can feel lonely. Because we become consumed with self, we get in this trap and this cave and all of a sudden we can't see the bigger picture. We can't see what God wants to do. We can't see what God has for us. We do this. You see, the life of Jesus, when we read the life of Jesus, it's not a calling to live a small life. It's not a calling to live a life that is consumed with self. It's a calling to live a big life. It's a calling to live for others. It's a calling to forgive others. It's a calling to to bless others. It's a calling that is a big life. And I want to say to us today that we have to get out of the cave and begin to see the bigger picture that God has for us, the bigger picture that God has for us as Icon Church, to get out of the cave and just being surrounded by my circumstances, and actually grab a hold of the bigger picture that God has for each and every one of us. We've got to get out to see it. And and getting out takes us from small thinking. Only seeing what's right in front of my face to the big picture. But it also takes us from seeing God as a small God to seeing him as a big God. There's another great example of this. It's a guy you may know. His name is Abraham, and he has many sons. Many sons as father Abraham. I am one of them. I don't know how else it goes. But this is before he's called Abraham. (laughs) His name's Abram. But the way I pronounce it it probably sounds exactly the same. But look at this. Because Abram, has a promise that he's going to be the father of many nations. God has made a covenant with him, but it's not happened yet. Look at this interaction between Abraham and God. Genesis 15, verses 1 to 6. After this, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abraham. I am your shield, your very great reward. But Abraham said, O sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless? See, he's just seeing right in front of his eyes. And the one who will inherit my estate is Eleazar of Damascus. And Abraham said, you have given me no children, so a servant in my household will be my heir. Do you see it? He can just see right in front of his face. Look what God does. Then the word of the Lord came to him. This man will not be your heir, but a son coming from your own body will be your heir. Then God took him outside. Abraham, let's get out, let's get out of here, let me show you something, and said, look, look up at the heavens, count the stars, if indeed you can count them, like, no street lights, blocking it, like, all there for, like, I'm sure he can't count them, and then he said, so shall your offspring be, I love this bit, Abraham believed the Lord, and he credited to it to him. As righteousness. Did you see that God takes Abraham out of just seeing right in front of his face and says, hey, there's a bigger picture. There's a bigger picture. I don't know where you might be today, but I, 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 I believe there are some people you're just seeing right in front of your face and God wants to say, hey, let's get out because there's a bigger picture. There's a bigger picture. I'm at work and you might not see it. I'm in the background working and you're going to believe today that actually there's a bigger picture, that God has got more for me and God has got a bigger life for me. I've got to get out. Look up, look up Abraham, there's a bigger picture. That's the God we serve. Let me say it like this, and if you're taking notes, this is a moment you need to write this down. The trick to forgetting the big picture is to look at everything up close. The trick to forgetting the big picture is to look at everything up close. We can be in the cave and all we can see is up close. No, 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 I want to see the big picture. So I'm not going to look at every. I'm going to see the whole picture, everything that God has for me, everything, his promises, everything that he has for me. So what's consuming your thoughts? What are you placing front and center in your life? See this story that I read right at the start of Elijah. Elijah has had this incredible, incredible victory. Like he's just defeated the prophets of Baal, and uh, like he's had this incredible victory. He should be on this incredible high. He's seen, uh, you know, miracles take place. He sent his servant out seven times to see if God will send rain, and God has sent rain. It's an incredible moment, and then he gets word uh, that somebody called Jezebel is out for him. And in this moment, Elijah goes into a slump. Why? Because he's just looking up close at the problem. It's just right in front of his face. It's right here, right here in this moment. I'm doing this with my hand. I hope you understand what I'm doing because it's just up close. See, the problem is, is when I do this with my hand, it's hard to focus on everything else like i do this with my hand and it's hard to focus especially when i do like like the dance move or whatever it is all of a sudden everything becomes fuzzy but like everything up close and elijah is just looking at his problems this moment up close and so he has he, he begins to run away he ends up under a tree he asks god hey like he literally says this like i want to die he literally says this, and what does God do? God feeds him, allows him to sleep. And then Elijah enters this cave 40 days and 40 nights. And the question that comes from God is, what are you doing here? Maybe this question to me and to you today is, what are you doing here? What are you focusing on? Where's your focus been? Where, where, where have you placed your focus? Because there's a bigger picture. There's more for you, Elijah. There's more for your life. I love this story because actually it shows such an incredible heart of God because God doesn't bring judgment like you're a failure, Elijah. I can't believe you're thinking this way. I can't believe you're doing this. No, no, no. He doesn't bring judgment. He cares for him. I, when I, if you read the verses before I read, he feeds him, he allows him to sleep you know, allows him to travel this journey that he's going through. But there's a moment where he's saying, hey, no longer can you stay in the cave, Elijah. There's a bigger picture. There's more for you. I've come to tell somebody today, no longer can you stay in the cave. It's time to get out because God has got something for you. God has got something great for you. And so today, today, would you go out? Maybe for some of us, we've even physically tonight got to do an Abraham and go and look at the stars because we've restricted our God to our small life. I'm going to get out and look at some stars. I'm going to get out and see how big my God is, how great he is, how, how, how majestic he is, how incredible, just as we said 150 times last week, our God is. Because there's a bigger picture beyond what we can naturally see. There's also a bigger picture beyond what we can naturally see. And Paul writes to the Ephesians, and he says this in Ephesians 6, verses 10 to 13. Finally, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. There's a bigger picture. There's a bigger fight to see the bigger picture. There's a battle and there's a fight and we're not going to get fully into this today. But there's an enemy who would love to get us thinking small picture, would love to get us in a cave. But there's a God who's saying, no, let's get out of the cave. There's a bigger fight. You might not be able to see the fight that's going on, but there's a bigger fight for us to see the bigger picture because the enemy's a schemer and he would love to distract and he would love to get us sidetracked from the big picture. He'd love to get us transfixed on our small lives rather than seeing the big picture that God is at work in us and through us and around us and in everything that God is at work. I love our church and I love our mission as Icon Church to build relevant contemporary churches, to reach people with the message of Jesus and to empower people to lead in every sphere of life and influence the world. Now that is not written in my notes. I know that off by art. Here's the thing. Our mission's big. Let's not get in a cave. Let's get out. Because there's a bigger picture. God wants to do something massive through Icon Church. But I'm not going to be restricted by putting, getting in a cave. By not looking up and seeing that God is a big God. Because the enemy would love to sidetrack us, Icon Church. He'd love to distract us and sidetrack us from that vision. 21st of February, two weeks time, Vision Sunday. Make sure you're online, book in, do it. Why? Because there's a bigger picture. So I'm I'm just going to kind of bring this all together by highlighting three things today. The first thing that I want to highlight is one thing that puts us in the cave One thing that, if we allow it to, can put us in the cave, and it's this, negative voices. See, the story is, Elijah speaks to Ahab. Ahab tells Jezebel what Elijah has done with the prophets of Baal. Jezebel tells Ahab, Ahab, I'm going to take out Elijah, go and tell him. Ahab comes to Elijah and tells Elijah, She's going to take you out. Negative voices will place you in caves all your life. Negative voices will place you in caves all your life. Negative voices will distract you and move you from the purpose that God has for you all your life if you allow them to. Can I tell you, negative voices have placed me in caves at different points in my life. I've questioned God's calling on my life. I've become distracted and sidetracked. Why? Because of a negative voice. It might just be one comment. It might just be one moment. But if we allow it to, it can place us in caves all of our lives. When I first started playing for Matlock Town Football Club, I was uh, probably 19 years old at this time. And um, like Twitter was probably just being birthed at this moment. Um, but something was on the website and it was called a, a forum. Basically, on the Matlock Town website, you could go on a forum and the fans could say whatever they wanted on the forum. And let me tell you, they said whatever they wanted on the forum. Now, any Matlock Town fans watching, I like some of the best fans that I've ever played for, but there were moments, odd voices. Odd, negative voices. Let me tell you, as a 19 year old, there were some times where they would say, I'm not sure Nathan's good enough. Guess what happened in my head? I went into a cave. Am I good enough? I'm not sure I'm good enough. I'm really thankful that my dad was on there and used to tell him to shut up <laughs> for me. Like, in- interesting story once, sidetracking a little bit. Um, I was playing football once and we'd beat a team and uh, I'd probably wound up one of their players too much and uh, he offered to fight me at the end of the game to which my dad said, you'll have to fight me first. (laughs) But, you know, Jesus did say you only have to turn the cheat once. So you get two free shots, people, and then we're in the game. Anyway, I'm joking. (laughs) But negative voices, if you allow them, will put you in caves. I, like I'm speaking to you today, but there have been moments I've got off this stage or another stage and someone has just come and said, I'm not sure you should have said that. And guess what? I've got in the car and I've gone, I'm not sure I should have said that. And it'll put you in a cave. And it'll distract you from the purpose that God has for your life. Some people might be well-meaning people, but those negative moments, those negative comments, those negative voices can put us in a cave all of our lives. You see this with Elijah. He's had the incredible victory. He has defeated the prophets of Baal. That's not just two prophets. That's hundreds of prophets of Baal. Okay? And one comment from one person named Jezebel puts him in a cave negative voices will put us in a cave, will get us thinking small. Eleanor Roosevelt said this, and this is, I wanna highlight this for us to not be the negative voices. She said this, great minds discuss ideas. Average minds discuss events. Small minds discuss people. I'll let that sit with you. I'll let that sit with you today. No, no, I don't wanna live small. I want to live big. I love, we've just done a series on generosity. There's a verse, the world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. I want to be generous with my life. Why? Because I want to live a big life, the big picture that God has for me. And I'm not going to allow the negative voices to put me in the cave. See, the Proverbs, Proverbs tells us that the power of life and death is in the tongue. The question, who are you listening to? What are you saying for us? And the loudest voices doesn't mean they're the right voices. Like my mum is not the loudest, but let me tell you, she's the right voice. Like you just get a moment, it's like that gentle whisper of God. Right voice. The loudest voices don't mean they're the right voices but also we have to watch how we talk to ourselves. You see, Elijah allows the negative voice to frame his self-talk. He says things like, I'm the only one left. It leads him to a place of isolation. Which leads me into my second thought today, to see the big picture, don't fight alone. To see the big picture, don't fight alone. See, Elijah goes alone. Verse 3 of 1 Kings 19, Elijah was afraid, this is after Jezebel has sent the messenger to tell him um, that I'm going to take you out. Elijah was afraid and ran for his life when he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there. He left his servant there, which then led to verse 10. When he says, he replies to God, he says, I've been very zealous. I I put the prophets to death. I am the only one left. I'm all alone. He leaves his servant. He says, I'm running for my life. I'm going it alone. I'm going to leave you there. And so many of us, and I've done this, we've all done this at times, we have faced issues and we face problems and we want to run and we run away from the very people we need in our lives. We run away from community. We run away from people who are going to hold us together, who are going to encourage us, who are going to pray for us, who are going to believe in us, and we run away. And when we end up in isolation, I think what happens is that then we begin to compare more than ever before. When we're in the cave, we begin to compare our lives more than ever before. All we see is our lives in front of us, and we see everyone's best, and we see everyone's great lives, and all we can see is our issues and our problems, and the problem with that is comparison will kill contentment. Comparison will kill contentment. And here, Elijah is basically saying, I'm all alone. We'll see later on that he's not all alone and that God has got thousands of others waiting for him. But we have to make a declaration today that we, to see the big picture, to see what God's doing, I can't do this alone. I'm not going to fight on my own because the cave will have you thinking you're all alone. 1 Kings 15, I love it, because God says to Elijah, uh, 1 Kings 19 verse 15, sorry, God says to Elijah, go back the way you came, go back the way you came, because there's more for you to do. Some of us have run away from the very thing that God had for us to do. Some of us have walked away because we've become into the cave, we've, 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 become so transfixed on our problems maybe it's the enemy he's distracted as we become so transfixed that we've run away and today is a day God's saying hey let's get out of the cave there's a bigger picture go back the way you came but you can't do this alone you see I love this because the this servant in verse 3 we saw that left him but later on as Elijah goes back, he finds Elisha. And Elisha begins to journey with him. And Elisha refuses to leave him. There's a moment actually when Elijah is about to be taken and uh, he's about, you know, God's about to transition Elijah and now it's going to be Elisha who's leading the way. And uh, Elijah three, I think it's three times, three times in 2 Kings 2, three times, Elijah says to Elisha, stay here, I'm going here. And Elisha goes, no, wherever you go, I'm going. Wherever you go, I'm going. I don't know, I want to be, I want to be a friend like that. (laughs) Wherever you go, wherever life takes you, I'm coming with you. Like you're not fighting this alone, but I also want to be a person who's who who knows that I need some people like, who, who, who knows that I need some people around me who are gonna say, Hey, I know you're traveling through this, but I'm coming with you. I'm with you, I'm committed to this. I have a commitment like Elisha. This is a proving of Elisha's commitment to Elijah in these moments. Because three times. Like surely you're getting fed up, Elisha, that Elijah is saying stay here, but Elisha is so committed, so committed that actually to see the big picture, we don't do life alone. We need people all around us who are gonna refuse to give up on us. Like, you know, I'm bigging up Paul and Jeannie today, but we should, we should honor them. Because like when, when Craig was in a hospital with COVID, fighting for his life. I know our lead pastor Paul texting pretty much every single day, even when he was in a coma. Fighting. I'm with you. It's a commitment. I, I have a privileged position because I get to see behind the scenes. And I've seen behind the scenes of like years and years of church. And I've seen behind the scenes of years and years of my mum, our pastor Jeannie. Messaging, praying for people, meeting people, doing this, caring for people, committed to fight with people. People that at times I thought, I'm not not sure it's doing any good, but committed, committed, committed. I want some people around me who are going to do that. I don't want to fight alone to see the big picture. We can't fight alone. Icon Church, don't fight alone. There's connect groups. Like, get in a connect group. Gavin Jane said amen in here. Like, get in a connect group. Why? Because this, you know, like, it's awkward at the moment. It's on Zoom. You know, like, we'd love to meet together. There's some great benefits of Zoom. Like, we can just log on right on the time. But you don't log on, like, exactly when it flip, like, turns. If you're meeting at half seven, you don't turn it on like at 7.30. It's like you just count to like 20 seconds and then you go on. So, you know, anyway, maybe that's just me. Whatever it is. But like we're not going to do this alone. I'm going to get through the awkwardness. I'm going to do it. Why? Because I want to fight with some people. But also I'm going to realize I need some people who are going to fight with me through whatever season. That Actually, there are moments where I've got to get out of the cave into what God has got. I love this because... Elijah enters the cave in the dark. God doesn't leave him. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. Like in the darkness, God is with you. And he's with each and every one of us. And the last thing, and today, you have to get out to discover your purpose. You have to get out to discover your purpose. I love this story of Elijah because he goes back and finds Elisha. I want to say Elijah's latter life was greater than the former because of who he journeyed with. He journeyed with Elisha. He brought Elisha along. His latter life was greater than the former. I want to say to some people today, you've, you, you've entered the cave and all you can see is your circumstance and you're thinking, is there more for me? I'm not sure there is more for me. But today I want to tell you that actually you'll get out and you'll discover a greater purpose that God has for you. You'll discover that God has more for you. You'll discover a life way beyond yourself. But also what will happen is that actually you'll set up a future. Generation, a generation beyond yourself, like Elijah did with Elisha. Because I love Elisha's, I want to call it cheek. Because when Elijah goes, Elisha asks God for a double portion. It's recorded that Elisha does twice the amount of miracles Elijah did. But I want to say it didn't happen if Elijah didn't get out of the cave. It didn't happen if Elijah didn't get out of the cave and hear that gentle whisper from God and enter into God's presence and see there's a bigger picture beyond. There's a bigger picture beyond my problems there's a bigger picture beyond what I can see right in front of my face there's a bigger picture I'm going to walk into all that God has got for me but it starts by I'm going to get out because then I'll begin to discover my purpose I'll begin to discover what God has got for me says to Elijah go back the way you came there's a bigger picture it's not over for somebody You've walked away from something. You've moved away from something and you've entered into a cave. Well, I want to say today as you get out, maybe today it's a going back because actually God is not finished in that moment. God is not finished with that. Whatever it may be, God is not finished. He's going to bring about redemption and he's going to bring about miracles and he's going to bring about something so powerful in each of our lives. What was sent to break you, God will use to make you. What was sent to break you, God will use to make you. The Bible is littered with stuff like that. He can turn bad for good. I spoke to our young people on Friday and spoke about a story of a woman who comes where Jesus is just having a meal. She begins to pour out this incredible worship we sung it in a song actually I break an alabaster jar and uh, she brings this alabaster jar of perfume she was a prostitute she comes and incredible moment of worship tears she's washing Jesus' feet we don't get the context today but it's definitely worship honestly and um, she breaks perfume but the very perfume (laughs) the very perfume that she'd have probably used to entice her clients was the very perfume that she used to worship Jesus. I wanna say today that what was sent to break you, those things that you think are bad, God can turn for good and they'll bring about a worship into his life. But today you've got to decide I'm gonna get out to discover the purpose that God has for my life because there's a bigger picture, there's more to life. We've been waiting for the fire We've been waiting for the earthquake. We've been waiting for this big blowing wing. But I believe today it's in the whisper of God. And today you can enter into his presence. So the question, will you get out? And will you be quiet enough to hear God's whisper in your life? See, there's a bigger life for all of us. There's a bigger life for each and every one of us. One of the number one questions that gets asked is, is there more to life than this? And I want to say, yes, there is. Jesus put it like this. There's life and there's life to the full. And it comes through knowing him. And it comes through accepting Jesus. And it comes through knowing that he has a plan and purpose for your life. And this is not a life where you walk through and it's like, I face no issues. No, no, we see this with Elijah, he faces issues. But it's a life where I know, no, there's a bigger picture than maybe just what I'm facing. There's more to life than this. And we get to accept Jesus into our lives because of his great love for us, that he was willing to die on the cross for each and every one of us. And so today, I want to give you an opportunity. You've never made that decision to follow Jesus. This is your moment. Right now, there's a button, church online, that says raise hand. As a link, if you're watching on YouTube, that has raise hand in the URL. This moment's for you. Click that button. Fill it in. We've got a gift we want to send to you, a physical gift we'd love to send to you to help you on this journey of knowing Jesus, to help you on this journey of knowing there's more to life than what I may be facing. And that today, today is a moment where, no, 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 I, no longer do I want to be confined. I want to get out and see the big picture that God has for my life. It's a journey, and I want to give you that opportunity. So right now, if that's you, click that button, click that link, fill that form in, if that's you. Or today you would say, I once was walking with Jesus, but today I'm not. And right now you would say, I've confined my life, I've restricted my life, and I need to get back to knowing the purpose that God has for my life. that's you, you've walked away from a relationship, this moment's for you. I want you to click that raise hand button, click that URL on YouTube, fill that form in, let us send that gift, let us help you, let us connect with you to help you on this journey of knowing Jesus. I want you to know this, he loves you. And whatever life has looked like, whatever that cave may look like for you, whatever may have put you in that cave, right now I want you to know he loves you. He's for you. And he has more for each and every one of us. And for every single one of us who calls Icon Church home, let's be committed to seeing the big picture. Let's be committed to see all that God has for us. Let me pray. And then let's sing together. But it's not too late. If you've not clicked that button, you've not clicked that link, it's not too late. Do that right now. As I pray, do that right now in this moment. Lord Jesus, I thank you. Thank you for your word today. I thank you today that you have more for each and every one of us. Whoever we may be, wherever we find ourselves in life, that you have more for us. Lord Jesus, I pray for any single person who feels like they're in a cave season. I pray right now, God, Lord, that they would hear your gentle whisper. They would hear the whisper of God in their life. I pray that as they get out, they would see the big picture that you have for their life. And today, Jesus, we just want to lift your name high. We want to give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. And everyone said, amen. Come on, let's sing together.